And we're live. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. We're so glad that you're joining us. If you're watching us live, man, thanks for, for stopping by, for being part of what we're doing. If you're watching via podcast, man, thanks for doing that as well. We hope that this is something that helps you. Do you like one of those crew, groups better than the other? Just curious. I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I, I guess I don't. I, maybe this is bad to admit, but I don't know the numbers of either of those two groups. Like, do we I have think more it's, people it's, live? It's in, we, the, it's in the tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate at all. But uh, we're Sorry. so glad that yeah. you're here with us. What we hope is that this is a kind of a deeper dive into the weekend message. And really what it does is it helps you grow in your faith. And this is always kind of 2.0. Like we always want to encourage you to make sure that you watch the message or listen to the message from the weekend before because that'll help you as a launching pad into our discussion. Um, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But as always, what we like to do is give you a couple quick announcements of things that are happening within the church or things to just kind of keep in mind. Um, and the two things that we want to draw to your attention is that this Friday night, I want to make sure that I get the date right. So this Friday night on September 25th, yes, yes, yes. we are going to be doing another movie night in the parking lot. We're going to be watching the classic great movie, Remember the Titans. Strong son! I, I, I picked that movie. I'm just yeah. proud of that. Yeah. I'm excited for it. But it seems like it's a, a great movie to watch. Yeah. So we are going to be doing that this Friday, the 25th at 7pm is when, when we'll start and we'll be wrapped up. I think it's about an hour, maybe a little bit more than an hour and a half. So maybe it's closer to two ah, It'll hours. be so much fun out there. Football season. Fall. Yeah. It yeah. is getting a little cooler at night. So bring a blanket if you want to. Bring a bonfire. Like bring your yeah. you know, whatever I mean, bring a pit to keep it pit. in. Yeah. yeah. But you, you can't, bed, can't just that. really bring a bonfire. Like you need to. It's the first time I've ever heard someone suggest that. But That's, I'm, I haven't really thought about what I'm saying. I just speak it's and see what happens. <laughs> so we want to remind you that that is this Friday, seven o'clock. Remember the Titans. We hope that you can be a part of that. And then also we want to let you know that every weekend we are doing kind of three services. We've done two already. This will be our third week. Um, there's three things happening at the same time at nine o'clock on Sundays. You can join us online, clcfamily.church. You can find all the information there. You can join us in person inside the building, or you can join us in person, but stay in your car. So we've got kind of three services happening at once. If you are interested in being part of the inside indoor service, then we need you to RSVP for that. All you have to do is go to clcfamily.church, go to the signups page, and there's a place where you can sign up. Um, what we're trying to do is keep it to about 100 people right now, 100 people or less, um, just to make sure that we're still following the COVID safety guidelines, that we're doing everything that we can um, to make it safe for everybody that's a part of it. So if you'd like to do that, just want to remind you to RSVP, let us know that you're coming, and we'd love to have you this weekend, whether that's drive-in, that's online or in-person, we would love to see you this weekend. So I think that's all the announcements that we've Sounds got. Good. Sounds good. Um, we are going to kind of jump into a recap of what we talked about as we, I think it was week 10, Week 10. Week 10. Yeah. So we have been uh, kind of uh, slowly and methodically walking through the Gospel of Luke. Really, really fun to do. And uh, so this is the 10th week, and we are now uh, towards the well, at the end of Luke chapter 2. So yeah. 10 weeks, two chapters. Took us six weeks in Luke 1, four weeks in Luke 2. Lots, lots of fun. And so uh, the reason we're studying this is Luke gives us the thesis that we may have certainty in the things that we've been taught, right? right. Really, really important in a world that's very, very uncertain. Uh, we're trying to find some real certainty in our life and what Luke's going to argue and present and spends years, if not a decade, researching and studying is that a thing that we can be certain, have certainty in isn't actually a thing. It's a person, God himself, and the person is Jesus. And so 
uh, the Gospel of Luke, a biography about Jesus' life. It's all these writings are going to help us have certainty in who Jesus is. And so Luke uh, compiles 1,151 verses together to help us have certainty, and 568 of those are direct quotation citations of Jesus. And so uh, 568 are just his words. And what's so crazy is we're 10 weeks in, and finally... Finally, 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 we get to hear yeah. some of Jesus' <laughs> words. But this is prepubescent Jesus, or maybe pubescent Jesus. You know, little peach fuzz, dirty little middle school mustache Jesus. He's 12 years old, so the first words we get from Jesus are this week. Yeah. And so it would make sense that we're going to really, really pause and pay attention to those. And so um, what I like about the Gospel of Luke compared to the, the other Gospels is this is the only snapshot we get of Jesus' life, like yeah, from right. basically everybody tells us he was a baby, and then eventually he becomes a man. This is the only one that gives us any glimpse of kind of, you know, six yeah. weeks in, uh, you know, a couple years in to age 30. There's just a big, empty spot. Right. and you know, It's like I, Jesus was born and then his ministry yeah. started. So there's not yeah. a lot of real estate if you think about paper and trying to write things and all the kind of different things. And so the whole idea of all these different Gospels, John tells us it this way in his Gospel. He says he writes these things so that... Uh, well, he writes those things so we can believe that these things are true, right? So he writes all these things so that yeah. you can, can believe what's been presented. So kind of the idea is how can you really, really trust Jesus? Yeah. So we don't have much about him as a, a teenager or a middle schooler, you know, any of those things, except except this one yeah. uh, set of verses. And so kind of here's the big idea. And so we're working through this week is uh, in all this, Luke's helping us understand that Jesus is always, always, always preparing us for what he has prepared for us. He's always preparing us for what he has prepared for us, and what he has prepared for us is really, really, really good. And Jesus' very first words are going to give us kind of an understanding of what he has prepared for us. And what's interesting is uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, much later than this moment when uh, Jesus is 12 years old, so decades later, uh, writes this about what God has prepared for us. And there's what he says, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined. So we haven't seen it, we haven't heard it, we can't even fathom it. Watch this. What God has prepared yeah. for those who love him. So Jesus is always preparing us for what he has prepared for us. What he has prepared for us is really, really good. And we got to go, okay, what is it he has prepared for us? And how do we get in on that? Right? How do we get in yeah. on that? And it's really, really pretty simple. It tells us here, for those who love him. So yeah. uh, we're trying to figure out is what does he have prepared for us and how do we jump in on that and the way we do that is love him so we're going to see uh, in this passage some really neat things we got mary joseph uh still kind of living in the policies procedures pilgrimages type of law abiding world jesus is going to speak after his mom loses him for a week and uh he's going to tell us this really interesting he says hey i'm always at my father's house business affairs in other words jesus is saying i am always going to be with my father yeah. And here's the crazy thing about the gospel. The gospels tell us that the whole objective of Jesus entering this world is so profound is so that you and I can be with him forever, right? That's that's the whole idea of the gospel. In the garden, we were with him in the very beginning of time. We got separated, got lost, right? Got And Jesus' whole plan, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost and bring them back and bring them back to the table. And so when Jesus says, and I'm about my father's business, about my father's affairs, about my father's house, what he is saying, is I'm always about that mission of God and his people being reunited. That's why we use that term consummation, the day when it all get reconciled. It's like a big wedding where everything becomes perfect and 
unified again. And so Jesus says, what he has prepared for us, what he has prepared for us is that we would be with his father again, right? And so that's what we see in the picture there. And then we just have to figure out, okay, that's what he has prepared for us. How do we get in on that? No eye see, no hearer is heard, but no heart of man can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. So we understand that there's something about the way by which we love God that allows us to uh, get access to all that. And I would just argue that not only does Luke give us this picture of what Jesus um, says, he also gives us a picture of what Jesus does. And Luke 2.52 tells us how he grew yeah. wisdom, stature, favor of God, and favor of man. And there's something in that that we really got to pay attention to because I think, I'm pretty confident actually, that what Luke is revealing to us is the way by which we can really love God. Mm. And there are some certain parts of us. And here's you know the, kind of the, the teaser. It has something to do with our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And yeah, so... Right. One of the things we're, I imagine we'll talk a lot about yeah, today. Yeah, I do. Yep. I do want to kind of park on yep. that um, towards the end. But a, a few things that I, I wanted to bring up, like um, one of the things that you started this past weekend oh, with, yeah. was is a pretty big political moment. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know yeah. if I call it a political moment, but it's pretty big. Historical when look, for sure. Yeah, yeah. historical. Yeah. That would probably be the right word. Um, when we look at the passing of, of Ruth, um, I always say, or I always put Gins. Ginsburg, but it's Ruth Bader. It's because Ginsburg. you want to say RGB because of that's like red, exactly green, blue. what I'm that's thinking. What that's RBG. what it is. Yeah. So Ruth so weird. Bader, There's Ginsburg. like this statement of notorious RBG. You know, it's like it's interesting. I mean, that's like said with like it like terms of endearment. I'm like we're notorious. Usually, it's not like a yeah, good descriptor, right. but right. So it was a big weekend with her passing, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. politically that that stirs up a lot of a lot of things, right, for both sides, Absolutely. right? Like, and it seems like when you start talking about politics, it Whoa. seems yeah. as if there's no middle ground, right? Mm-hmm. You're either really right or you're really left, and there's no room for the middle. But yeah. but you did talk on that kind of that messy middle, and uh, I I don't again if you. Mm-hmm. Haven't listened to the yeah. message. I would encourage you to do that. But maybe is there a part two of that? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it. I want to get to the love, Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, yeah. soul, and strength. Because candidly, that's kind of what got right. caught. So it cut. So you know, we had fifty minutes yeah. uh, sermon, uh, and then we uh, I prayed over, commissioned some new elders. So yeah, it was a pretty, right. it was a pretty um, heavy. You, if weekend. you do watch yeah. that online, you don't see that. We edited that out yeah. of the, the, the recording. Band, but yeah. I mean, that is something that we did this. So week. I so you know we're thinking about live. You got we got about ninety minutes of stuff, and so yeah. I, I mean, much as I love to teach, I would teach you forever. We also have kids and kids ministry, <laughs> yeah, and right. they don't want to be in there forever. Or um, the, the the leaders don't want them yeah. in there forever, probably. And so. So really some stuff to get cut. So I want to make sure we get to the stuff yeah, that got sure. cut. But this is what's nice about the agility of being back in person live as we were filming ahead of time in the past. Right. So we're going to miss this. Right. I know right. that you ran into some issues. I think it was the George Floyd yeah. weekend. You taught on a Friday, and then all this uproar yeah. goes in the nation. And so now it's played out on Sunday. And how do yeah. we... So it was nice to be able to address those things. And just to be honest with you, I, I have lots of opinions on this stuff. Like, right. I think we should navigate it, and I don't like being in the messy middle, but that's where I'm going to live. And by the way, some of you on both sides aren't very nice to me on it, and that's okay. I mean, I, I got thick skin, uh, but it is complicated to be in the messy middle, and you know, in many ways, the fact that people from all sides are a little frustrated kind of goes, okay, and then yeah. maybe that seems a lot like kind of where Jesus lives, so let's live there with him. And so I think that's one of the things we've got to work through. So what I've been working on, uh, start the first weekend in October, so just a few weeks out, as we get to Luke chapter 4 and 5, is okay. God kind of is about to establish, you know, he gets gets in on, like, the kingdom movement. So he's about to start establishing the kingdom of God here in earth. Right. That's why right. John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of God is near, meaning... 
Jesus is about to establish that, right? And so what that means is he's about to implement his kingdom and be, hear me, the leader of the free world. Not the free world we think of, but the real free world with walking yeah. with God and all the things that we've been constricted by and our shame and our fear and our guilt and our worry and all that kind of stuff that God is going to reestablish his kingdom, right? Which means there is a true leader of the free world. It's not going to be Biden or Trump. It's actually Jesus. So yeah. we've been kind of working through this, uh, Jesus for president, kind of you'll see the design, the graphics. It won't be a donkey. It won't be a, uh, what's the elephant? Other? Elephant, thank you. It'll be a <laughs> sheep, Right. And so I've been working through the material for that. I've yeah. been reading a lot on it. And so what I thought would tease out the sermon, or what we talked about in a couple of weeks, kind of just came to the forefront here because when Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg dies, there's all sorts of opinions. Right, like, right. like I said on Sunday, many of you are so glad she's dead, which yeah. is strange, right? To, to, you wouldn't say it out loud. Maybe you would. I don't know. But this, like your heart leaps because a person dies. Yeah. Particularly, we don't know if she loves the Lord, knew the Lord. Some evidence that probably not. So to celebrate that seems yeah. so inappropriate, right? I mean, if if what we believe to be true about life after death, this is a pretty significant moment right. of just grieving in some ways. And again, I, I, Lord knows more about that than I do. But there's that side, and then there's the other side who really are grieving this. And so you got yeah. one side going, finally, we might get this court six to three, conservative versus liberal, you know, and the Supreme Court justices. And many of you voted for Trump in 2016, not because you liked him or his rhetoric, but because you thought he would be, um, he would nominate Supreme Court justices that you would agree with more. Others of you are absurdly angry at this moment because you were. Um, supportive of Obama and his administration in 2015, right? When he makes a nomination of Merrick Garland to be on the Supreme Court. And then there's just this, I don't know, six, nine month period where the Senate refuses to confirm him. And so you're going, now they're going to do the exact opposite. And there's just so much hypocrisy and so much stuff. And I could get into all the politics about it and work through that. But it's like, ah, it doesn't even make sense to try to engage our world there. So let's just talk about what our feelings are and what we're really dealing with. And there's actually some real feelings on this that really do matter. And that's why we can go back to the first century church when God was establishing his kingdom. Like when he... So world's really broken, and the way by which God is going to restore the world, it's so crazy that he does this, is he's going he's gonna to give us the church, right? The church is yeah. the solution for this. The church is the solution. Not government, not politics, not um, public education, not private education. The church is the solution for this. And so when that church gets established in the first century, we can go, okay, what was it about the church, the one that Jesus established, the one that he was speaking to the first century apostles, the one that Holy Spirit was empowering and breathing in? What was it that made them so unique to the world that was around them. And in one instant, we can see why there's some frustration about our current world and longing, particularly on a, what I would argue the politically right side of the, uh, you know, the, the, the spectrum, particularly in our country. And one of those things is abortion, right? Mm-hmm. Abortion. And um, I'll, I'll tell you very candidly here, there's not many things I want to like stick my, you know, flag in the ground, go take this territory. I personally don't think abortion's a, uh, political issue, I think it is a morality issue, right? I think God is the one who does the supernatural work of creating an individual, says he knits you in your mother's womb, right? So the idea that millions of babies have been slaughtered in that is devastating, right? And so I'm with you there, and yet I don't 
think this is where we pick up our bullhorn and scream and yell. I think we got to be loving and gracious, and get, uh, gracious. Again, this church is the solution for that. How do we love people? How do we have empathy for those kind of situations? How do we call our sons to be men who take responsibility in their life? Right? All those kind of things that we can talk about and we'll talk about over the next several weeks. But in this, what happens here is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she dies, and now all of a sudden people are going, ah, oh, maybe there'll be another conservative judge who believes that life begins at conception, right, right. and so maybe this is the issue. So in one instance, we go back to the first century church and see abortion, and another term, infanticide, right? And um, so that was an issue in the first century. It was, yeah. it was what was happening. They were slaughtering real babies, slaughtering them, and worshiping false gods. And I would just argue that still what's happening today is just the false God is comfort, security, and convenience. Mm -hmm. So we sacrifice our children for comfort, security, and convenience and those things. And so many of us would love to see that change. And we go, okay, maybe this is finally a solution for America. That's abortion. And so when you see people um, hopeful about this next Supreme Court justice and, frankly, maybe glad that they uh, they get to be nominated now, not in 2021, right? Right. Um, is, is that on abortion? Now, before you go, yeah, 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 that's it. That's how I feel. Now, on the other side, another thing that kind of marked the first century church was um, its desire for diversity and equality, right? It was the first century church who gave women a voice. Right. It was the first century church that said it doesn't matter the color of your skin or your ethnicity or your background or pedigree, right? It was that the gospel is for all people. So that was like, it was so significantly different and other than everything else going on in the world. You're going, that Jew and that Gentile, they can get along. Yeah. The circumcised, the uncircumcised. That woman can actually share what she believes and she can use her gifts and share her testimony. The, the shepherd can actually declare the goodness of God. Like, what happened in the first century is the church leveled the playing field and said, it's for everyone. Right. And what's interesting is uh, that seems to be a politically left-leaning kind of thing of, yeah. you know, we want, to, we want to, all about inclusion. And, you know, there's all sorts of stuff from gender, you know, inequality to marriage stuff. But everybody deserves a seat at the table. And I'd argue, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Everybody Everybody deserves a seat at the table. Everybody, because of what Jesus did for him, has a seat that's available to him. Now, is there some yeah. transformation that happens when that happens? I certainly hope so. It's happened for me. Right. But that seems to be on the other side. So people are devastated that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died right. because she was leading the movement to go, you can be a Jew, you can be a woman, and you can sit on the highest court right. in, the, right. in, in the world, right? And so there are people who are devastated that that seems to be fading in terms of their opinions of equality, mm-hmm. right? Because it was a first century issue. Now, on the same side, on the other side, you have this deep uh, conviction that starts in the first century of uh, marriage uh, and uh, and sexuality, right? One of the things that happened in the first century is they brought all that back in order within the confines of marriage. Right. It wasn't there. It was, you know, sex, have sex wherever you want to, chase after your own pleasure. And all of a sudden, these Christians were known for their commitment to marriage and family. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's just some real beauty of that kind of human growth and development that happens there. And so many of you go, well, maybe this will be where we actually uh, re uh, you know, state a new claim, create a new slate where we're really, really celebrating marriage mm-hmm. and family, right? Right-leaning. Right. So people are very excited on that side. No, also on the left-leaning side. Also, the first century church was marked deeply by its commitment to social justice. Right. People needed to be fed. Widows need to be taken care of. Orphans deserve to be careful. All these things, right? Uh, everyone's allowed, right? Even immigration and those yeah. things. Like, 
like Samaritans were given access to where the Jews were. Like even in the temple, there were some outer courts and they were going, go, go, you, you have access too. And so there was these, all these barriers were taken down and the fences were lowered, right? And we are in a world right now that's uh, heavily talking about more boundaries and more fences and more yeah. gates. And, uh, you know, it seems more polarized and separate. And by the way, one of the most polarized and segregated parts of our history right now, the most segregated hour of the week is actually Sunday morning at 11 across the nation. It, you know, so this, the, all this, now again, left leaning of going, we got to take care of people. We got to serve people. And we have this kind of thing where if it's to be, it's up to me. We take care of ourselves. They should take care of themselves. Well, the first century church didn't say, yeah. I take care of me. You take care of you. It was right, right. you and us together. Again, seems left-leaning, right. but the first century church was all about that. So you got two, two sides over here, diversity, equality, uh, poverty, all these things that were very significant to the first century church that seemed to be more socialist kind of in their, their mindset, you know? And then you got these very significant anti-infanticide, you know, yeah. pro-life, anti-abortion, pro-marriage, pro-family, which are very right-leaning, but all those were part of the very first century church. So those all marked it as distinctly different from everything else going on in the world. So I just would argue we're not too far off. Yeah. We just, we've just drawn a line and not heard or listened to each other. And the way by which I think we build that bridge back is kind of the other thing that they're known for right there in the middle, the messy middle is yeah. grace, forgiveness, right. empathy, right. love, right? And so what we're going to talk about a lot over the next several weeks is how do we operate with empathy? How do we all extend grace and forgiveness? And by the way, what they're most known for was their their lack of retaliation. Yeah. These are guys who were put on stakes, lit on fire, yeah. heading into the emperor's home. And yet they were gracious and forgiving. These are guys who were having rocks thrown at them right. and they were saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right. And so there was just a sense of forgiveness, this deep love and, you know, not gotcha moments, not trying to prove your point, right? But sincerely engaging in the world and doing it in such grace. And I think that's the thing that we got to lean into. So I just wanted to point out, here's our talking points, but here's where it really got to be because grace and forgiveness is what's going to mark us in the middle of this really complicated world. And we need to be marked, guys, because... Our government is not going to fix this. Yeah, Our government right. is not going to fix abortion, guys. Our government is not going to fix orphan care. Our government yeah. is not going to fix poverty or racial injustice. Right. Our government's not going to do those things. It's not even equipped to do those things. It's just not. It's almost a necessary evil. It's just, it's, it is not the solution. It never was the solution. The solution for all these things. You can actually go back and read throughout church history, right? Uh, uh, this idea that healthcare actually comes from the church, yeah. right? Some of the greatest movements, you can read about William Wilberforce um, in, in the UK, right? Of anti-slavery and abolishment of it came from the church. You can even read about Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman's, Tubman's like biography. It was them being the church. You can read this book called Jesus Skeptic that just walks mm -hmm. through all these things. So the church has always been the solution when it operates well. Yeah. God gets all the glory and good things actually happen. So we just have to get back to going... If it's going to be, it's up to us as a church, yeah. God empowering it. And so there's a real good sermon series. Maybe you want to just prime yourself for it in this. Is, um, 
the United States of America, Y-O-U, United okay. States of America. It's done by North Point Community Church, Andy Stanley. It won't be the material we cover, but it's that premise that this is going to, mm. something's going to change here. It's going to be the church that does it. So it just made sense, and that probably took my yeah, time to show there. Yeah, I do want to move kind yeah, of sorry, off of that yeah. into, but if there's into any questions, our subject. But yeah, yeah, I think that if you do have questions, please let us know. But it is yeah. such well, a complicated task. Well, I feel like you've probably answered all of them. Because yeah. I, I do believe that the church is the hope of the world. Like, yeah. And that quote that's there, the hope of... You know, the church is the hope of the world primarily, and that yeah. its future rests primarily in the hands of its leaders. And I think that there's a responsibility that we have to engage and to talk about mm. the political things that we're dealing with. Because yeah. whether or not we say that we're feeling or thinking, like, that's where I found myself of going. I was hopeful right away of going, man, what could this mean? And I'm going, wait, 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 wait. There's The reality is, is that there was a, a life lost in this, and I didn't mourn that. All I yeah. did was my mind went to all of a sudden what could yeah. be. So I think that that's just a word of caution that we need to be careful in that, that we need yeah. to kind of look at this from with eyes wide open, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and I full wholeheartedly agree. In fact, that was what I wrote down is that the, the church is primed. You said this. The church is primed to meet the needs and to fill in the gap. And I think that that's absolutely truth. And that's what we're called to do. So Yeah, imagine. So I would say the same thing and always feel like I almost want to make sure to qualify it. The church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the United States. The church empowered by Jesus and yes, his spirit, right? right? It's right. Jesus' it's work. It's our right. witness. So I just want to, I, yeah. I don't want you to hear that and feel this deep burden. Like, I got to fix it. No, 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 yeah. no. Jesus yeah. wants to fix right. it. And he's going to use you to do it. But what do we do? Well, we learn from Jesus. And that's why I think even in this passage, not that it was about this, but the first kind of behavior we see in Jesus, right? So he's a baby. Now he's a you know, middle schooler. He decides to stay in his father's house, father's presence. But before he even says anything, we see his behaviors, yeah. right? And the very first behaviors that we see in him was this. After uh, the three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers. So they can't yeah. find their kid. They find him. And when they find him, it actually tells you, here is his behavior. He was listening to them and asking them questions. Yeah, Listening doesn't mean waiting to talk. Right. Right. <laughs> There's a big difference. He was listening, and yeah. then he was actively listening, and he was asking them questions, meaning he was really curious. Yeah. So could we please, please, please model Jesus' behavior and have curiosity towards your spouse, towards your kids? Don't don't rush to this place of judgment and go, they're, they're fools. They don't know. They haven't grown up yet. Yeah. Jesus is... He, he, Know has all the knowledge, all the information. He knows exactly what's about to happen, and you still find him listening and asking questions. And yeah. so, hey, that's got to be our posture. Now, what it says here, the next one is this, and all who heard him were amazed at his, you see this, understanding and his answers, meaning he was listening and he was asking questions, but the fact that he said and his answers means they were also finally asking him questions. Yeah, right. So there right. will come a day where you're going to be invited into more conversation as a result of your empathy and your listening and your asking questions that they're going to ask you questions all when they do. Could we make much of Jesus and much of him as the hope of the world? And so that's yeah. where I think it even shows us here in this passage what it looks like when Jesus is preparing to usher in the kingdom and be the leader of the free world. Right, yeah. right. I do I do enjoy, and this is, I guess it's a personal thing, yeah. but I, I love the comparison to Home Alone because like, that was one of the first Christmas, yeah. like a neighbor got it for my family. And mm. I was like, I love the movie so much that I'm like, this is my movie. I know. We did, um, We tried to show it to kids. I'm like, wow, there's even some language in this. Yeah. I didn't realize. I, I don't remember yeah. any of that until oh, I rewatched yeah. it and was like, oh, this is not yeah. that wholesome. But yeah. uh, I love the, I think because it gave a great picture of, okay, yeah. here's Mary and Joseph going on a journey, the pilgrimage, kind of what you were yeah. talking about from the week before. 
and they lose Jesus. And I'm just curious, yeah. like, what does that look like? Like, yeah. how, how do we play that out? And even for Jesus, what did he do for three days, like eating and yeah. drinking? Like, did he hide out in the temple and they closed the doors and he was like sleeping on the steps? Yeah. Or what does that look like? I, 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 obviously, there's nothing written in scripture. But like, what do, I don't know. What do we think through? Yeah. How do we so approach that, this? That's what's so interesting is I've read this my whole life and not pause enough to think about it. it yeah. Like it was in a Cal class, a Connect on Wednesday class. <laughs> About three years ago, this September, maybe, I think I'm right, where uh, Mike and Laura Wooden, uh, Mike was a former elder, just rotated off, and yeah. Laura, uh, love our church, serve our church so well, yeah, they were leading a class, and Laura, which is just, you know, she's bright and intuitive and, you know, thinks a lot, she's the one who kind of paused and said, gosh, I feel like a better mom, you know, like all of a sudden, and so like even like I wanted to go, oh, I need to give Laura kind of a hat tip even this week because... Yeah. For some reason, you just kind of walk just through this fast. Over it. Yeah. And so that's even here going, even when we read the scriptures, let's have some curiosity. Yeah. Like, let's figure it out. So there's a, um, I, I, about, my family's about to start watching something called The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen it. It's okay. like a, it's a long form TV show about Jesus's life. Okay. And it's multi-seasons. So mm. beautiful. Uh, you know, um, uh, so a uh, Hollywood producer who fell in love with Jesus kind of creates this thing. But I was, we were watching a clip for it yesterday and. It was showing the moment where they were catching the fish in the beginning, mm, like Peter okay. and Jesus and such a neat thing. But even to see them go, like, to struggle through how they got all those fish on the boat and people yeah. coming to the shore, there's just so much that we don't really process. Yeah, and think right. about so it's gone. He was lost. Imagine the feeling of that. Yeah. And then imagine what it would have been like for those three days. Like, are these guys, like, feeding him? Like, are they asking questions? Yeah. Like, is somebody going to make him a sandwich? Like, <laughs> they don't know he's God. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, what's crazy is many of them probably eventually fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. And they're with him in eternity. Yeah. And they're able to have this conversation of, Jesus, I mean, he was a 12-year-old, you know? Yeah. Like, like, so it's just interesting to think about all that and go, ah, oh, there's so much more to this yeah. than just... It's, a, it's crazy could, to yeah. try and think about. And even just the emotions of that. So as yeah. Mary, you know, after three days, at least, you had even said yeah. that possibly with travel, like, we're looking at maybe possibly We know it's at least days. five. We know okay. it's at least five because after three days of getting back to Jerusalem to look, they went on a day's journey. And so if they, yeah. you can assume if they're on a day's journey, guess how long it takes them back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least a day. I mean, I'm sure they're going a lot quicker. Right? Yeah, like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, the riding with John Candy in the caravan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, even those scenes in Home Alone. But this is a significant moment. So at yeah. least five days, right? Then, gosh, they find their kid. And the, so. so, but even the emotion that Mary must have had, because like I haven't experienced this myself. I'm sure I'll get the opportunity one of these days. But like the emotion of uh, the high and the low, like you're angry, you're sad, you're like scared. Yeah. And and as Mary approaches, um, approaches him. Let me let me see. Yeah, this, so, yeah, this is verse forty eight. And when his friends saw yeah. him, they were astonished. Like that was the first thing they were amazed. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. H having an 11-year-old at my house, were they amazed that he was still alive? Like, well, I don't know. What, what were they amazed I at? I think like, probably there, my guess is, is that they were astonished at, because verse 47 says that these guys, so my, imagine yeah. they walk in and like. See him interacting with the Pharisees? Yeah, so like, they're all sitting there like like taking notes and there's Jesus just kind of teaching. I'm sure it's like, yeah, what in the world is going on? You know, it's like when Buzz comes back and goes, Wow, Kevin, you took care of things. Yeah, so before right. he goes up into his room and goes, Kevin! But, you know, like in that moment, it's like, oh, wow. So I think yeah. it's so interesting. But it's yeah. just amazing. Uh, his mother, why have you treated us so? Like, So that's what Mary says. Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Like, yeah, I would say, like, 
Five days is a long time for a 12-year-old. Yeah. And here's what I want to point out here is Jesus did that to them. Yeah. He did that to them. Like he made a like a sincere choice. It's kind of like when Mary and Martha, they're, it actually says in John 11 where um, they, Jesus gets news that Lazarus is really sick and going right. to die. And it said yeah. because he loved them, he continued on to another town. Yeah. What? And then, he, yeah. you know, so there's something about like even this going – Guys, like, Jesus doesn't waste our distress. And I just want to point mm. this out. Not That's everything good. else. Not all the stuff. But, like, he is not wasting COVID. Yeah. He knew this was coming. Yeah. It's crazy. He may be orchestrating this. Yeah. For the church, for your family. And I know there's all sorts of chaos. But even in this moment, could you just pause and think about the three to five things that are better in your life right now? Mm. Interactions with your family. Like, I'm closer to my parents than I've ever been mm. in the history of my life, right? We have more sincere conversations at home. My children are best friends with each other. Mm. Right? So there's just so much happening. And so even in the middle of this chaos, like even this, like Jesus is choosing to put them in that yeah. because of what's about to play out. So just... Yeah. That's where God is always. Jesus is always preparing us yeah. for what he has prepared for us. And what he has prepared for us is really good. I think the, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about before we get yeah. to 2.52, where we'll just spend yeah. hopefully the last like 20, 15, 20 minutes kind of talking okay. through that. I can um, take a hand. <laughs> this is uh, me producing as we're going. This yeah. is, hey, Josh, I want to talk about this for this So long. weird. It's not like I, I don't take that much time ever. I'm always pretty pithy and concise. Yeah, that's usually it. Um, but my question was this. Like you talked about... Um, when he said, didn't you know I would be about yeah. my father's house or affairs or mm -hmm. some translations say business? Like yeah. I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that. And just can you expound maybe a little bit more like you, you talked about that being he was saying that he's about his father's presence and the goal of the gospel yeah. is for us to know him. So like, is there anything more to share? Yes, yeah, so I did. Dive? I'm sorry. I did a poor job explaining this part on Sunday. I even heard myself and what I said. I'm like, oh, that made more sense when I worked through it the first time in my head. But so there's just, there is no noun after this. Like, you know, like, so there's, in, you know, in, in the grammar, even our grammar, you know, like, um, um, so like, let's say uh, I, uh, one of the children leave their scooter out in the driveway, right? right? And I go, whose scooter is this? And the response is, it's Briggs's. Okay. There's no, it's Briggs's scooter. There's right, no right. end. It's just. There is just a, you know, shows the possessiveness of who okay. it belongs to. But you have to know the context of the sentence before to kind of draw the conclusion, oh, he's talking about the scooter. Because if I just walk in and go, that's Briggs's, they're going, well, what's right. Briggs's, right? right. What so when about? you get that, you have to go, okay, well, what are they actually talking about there? Well, there is no, when Jesus just literally, he just says, well, you know, I'm about my father's. Like, th yeah, that's dot, it. Dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> So there is no, no so uh, translators are having to figure out, well, what's he talking about? And the best solution they can come up with is, well, the temple's right there, right? Yeah. So they're literally in God's house. Yeah. So it makes sense that if he's there, stayed there for three days, they go, why did you do this to us? He goes, well, I'm about my father's. The, the, the solution that I thought would be, must be house. But it doesn't say house, so we don't yeah. know for sure. And that's why... Um, like sometimes it says affairs or businesses and the ESV translates it the house, but then it always gives the footnote of says, I think typically it almost always says businesses. Yours probably says it down there. Yeah, it's, it's, this is ESV and it says, wouldn't you be in About the father's, father's house, yeah. but footnote that says father's business. So it's just fathers, right? Yeah. So I would say 
it's probably important to understand that it's bigger than all those things, right? Yeah. It's not just a thing. And even it talks about the Father's house. And so when I first was thinking about that, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm at the Father's house. So when Mary finally finds him and gives us an understanding of what's happened, that's where I go to Home Alone and go, yeah. okay, well, they lose him again in New York. And so yeah. how does that work, right? And so you got Father's apostrophe blank, so they think it's house. So I was going, okay, God, they, and in the, and the resurrection, they lose him again. And where is he that time? Okay, let's think about John chapter 14. And mm-hmm. so then it says, uh, in my father's house are many rooms. And we're mm-hmm. not so, uh, so he says he goes to prepare a place for us. So again, preparing us for what he has to prepare for us. I'm like, aha, that's it. He's actually with his father. So we can be reminded that he's with his father in his father's house. So I was going to teach on that about the post-resurrection. What he's doing is preparing a place in a house. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But then I kept reading John chapter 14, and it gets even more confusing. Because then he says, you know the way to get there, and the way you get there is through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So you're like, okay, that's good. But then you keep reading, and then he talks about that him and the Father are one. Right. Meaning, I'm with the Father. Right. Wait, wait. You're with the Father, but you're, huh? You're in the, with the Father. I th- so I can't just talk about heaven as some little, you know, house in and, and the future. So we're with the Father. And then it says, I am the Father of one. And if you're in me, you're also in him, right? And so... We got to understand even in that when Jesus talks about that, I'm going to prepare a place for you. There are many rooms. If I weren't sorry, I'd tell you that. That is maybe literal, but it's definitely figurative because mm-hmm. when you understand first century culture, that is kind of the role of the uh, the betrothed groom, right? Yeah. He would get the hand of marriage and he'd go, we can't get married yet. Then he would go back to the homestead and he literally would prepare a place. He'd build a home. When that home was ready, when the house was ready, when the extra room was ready, he would go back and get the bride. There'd be a big caravan with all the groomsmen. They would kind of bring her back on their shoulders and they would throw a huge party for a week. Well, then they'd get married and now he would go be with her forever, right? There's that picture and that was more literal. So when Jesus would have said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, they would have understood the bride-bridegroom dynamic of, oh, he's going to get this ready because one day it's all going to be made right. right. So where I get concerned for us as a church, or just uh, like the Western church, is that we have gotten so consumed with one day we'll have our big house, mansion, that okay. one day we'll get there. But when we read throughout the scriptures, it doesn't seem like the only thing that's going to happen is one day in the very far off future, we get to go to heaven, yeah. right? In fact, even if you read how Jesus is going to rule and reign, he's literally going to establish his kingdom on this earth. Yeah. Wait, so if he's building a house up in heaven here, so, yeah. so I didn't want us to get so caught up in the house piece. So we're going, okay. what is he actually trying to communicate here? He's going, I'm with the Father. Yeah. Don't you know, I've got to be with the Father. The whole goal of this is for me to be with the Father because if I'm with the Father and I'm going to make a way for you, for you, that means you also will be with the Father. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, I would have told you. So I'm going to play, prepare a place for you that where you, where I am, you may be also. Where yeah. I am, you may be also. That's the picture. And so what you see here is he's preparing us to have that that thing. So Father's affairs, you can go, oh, he's teaching. Yeah, yeah. The Father's house, he yeah, has that. But it's so much bigger than that. He is literally talking about, i got to be about my Father's mission mm. and my father's mission is you and them and me back in perfect community mm. forever so there's a lot going on here that you want to see kind of book in with jesus's death and burial yeah. and resurrection because what is being established is the opportunity yeah. for us to be with the father forever and they would have understood that as the temple because they went to the temple just so they could be near to right. god they there's still to this day there's wailing walls where you can go and cry and all these kind of things just to be near to god not with god but just n- near him and what Jesus came to do was abolish these ways by which you could be near him and said, go, no, no, I'm giving you direct access. Yeah. So in this moment when he says, I got to be with my father, so what he's talking about, big umbrella is my father's mission. So then you can, you know, distill it down a little bit. Well, what's the father's mission? 
you and us for, yeah. forever, right? And so that is like, oh, so much going on there. So I just didn't want us to get caught up with, yeah. it's about the temple, it's about heaven, it's right. about right. this thing that God is making available. I feel like that was my question, which you just yeah. answered, is going, okay, so what does that mean for us? And what it means is that it we have access to, because of what Jesus has done, we have access to God. We have yeah. access to what he's done. And so, and you said this on in the message, you said yeah. the goal of the gospel is for you to know God. Forever. Like, that's that's Forever. incredible. To like, know to and experience about. him. And that's why it's really important because verse 50, it says, and they didn't understand the saying that he spoke to <laughs> Right. Them. Okay, whatever. Uh, you're weird, kid. Yeah, you you're know, 12. Like, Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, hop in the car. Let's go. And it says he was submissive. Like yeah, he's, okay, right. like he's following the rules. Right. He's doing this stuff. Right. And, and so it says they didn't understand, but then it talked about them treasuring these things, right? Yeah. And his mother treasured them. So she is compiling this stuff. Okay. She hasn't. She's she's getting all the details. She hasn't actually. She doesn't understand yeah. the details she just compiled. It literally yeah. tells us that they didn't understand, but she now has them. Yeah. So that's where the resurrection is so important. Jesus disappears again, and she goes, "I've lost my son again." Wait, okay. When I lost him last yeah. time, oh, he was saying he's all about his father's business. Yeah. Now it makes sense. I now understand. Yeah. Was, that's why when you read Luke twenty four, it says because now they finally understood it. You know. Yeah. So. And I wonder, like, I just I think it's beautiful. Like, so as you're thinking about Luke, who's writing this yeah. and investigating, like he's talking to Mary, presumably, mm. yeah. like years later, who now has a different understanding and, yeah. and a different view, a different perspective, and an understanding. Because again, Luke twenty four, yeah. understanding. Now, whenever he's compiling yeah. this, like it's it's got to be pretty amazing to see. That almost journey that she had been on. Yeah, it's a brilliant story if it wasn't yeah. true. Yeah. You know, like it's a brilliantly written literary, literary. But yeah. the same that's why I think it's so important to get to that last yeah. part where it says, when they said, where is he? We've lost him again, right? Yeah. He is not here. He has risen. Remember yeah. how he told you while he was still with uh, you in Galilee. The son of man, he must be delivered. Yeah. He's always preparing. He must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Yeah. So he's on. This is always the plan. And then it said in verse eight, then they remembered his words. Yeah. What are those words? Well, we just found out that Mary just filed away some of his words. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, oh, I got to see this for the beauty of it. Yeah. This is always the plan. Jesus was always preparing us for what he has prepared for us. And what he has prepared for us is really good. And one day, everything sad will become untrue and be completely made right with God yeah. and in his presence forever. Like even now, I'm, I'm finding that I want to spend less time asking God questions in my prayer or trying to hear him. And there's just something about just wanting to sit still and just be near him, right? There's just something about that because that's going to be the long-term goal. Yeah. So at some point, guys, we got to get used to that because you're not going to like heaven very much if you don't want to be around God. Yeah. So understanding him, knowing him, worshiping him, yeah. it should bring us to this place of joy. But this is what it'll be like forever. So. Yeah. You know, I'm well, taking up more time. Well, I do want to get to yeah. kind of the last part. And if I'm being completely honest, like Sundays are pretty crazy. Like I'm usually running around. Yeah. So I feel like this is the part that I probably heard the least. Um, so bits and, and yeah. pieces. But I think there's a huge significance to this. So I, I may ask some questions that kind of re-go over yeah. what we talked about That's on fun. Sunday. Yeah. But but 252, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, um, with favor in God and man. And you were talking about the significance of this, such a small verse that we could easily gloss over, yeah. but the huge ramifications that it has in our lives. It, like, Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it'd be really easy just to miss this one, yeah. right? Just really, okay, great. That's fine. You know, early on, like it's right before this, like in uh, Luke 2.40, it says he grew in a couple things, wisdom with the Holy Spirit. But this one is like, we get some real qualifiers and clarification to it. So again, Luke is not going to use words that are unnecessary. Mm. 
Like he has taken it all and compiled everything, everything, right? Eyewitness accounts, all the written documents, all the oral tradition, and trying to help us have certainty. Yeah. So Luke has surveyed his whole life. He's met with his, you know, his school age buddies. You know, he's met with everybody. And now he's going to put together all this stuff. And as he goes to put together all this stuff, he doesn't feel the need to walk through a lot of stories, give us lots, lots of examples of Jesus' adolescence. Yeah. But he does think it's important that he summarizes what happens for yeah. Jesus, meaning we probably should understand why this matters, right? So Jesus grows up, which, by the way, is the whole goal for us, right? Like even if you yeah. read Ephesians 4, it says it gives us the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But it also tells us he took diverse group for the sake of unity, then for the sake of maturity, right? Mm. So the goal for us is we actually grow up. Like yeah. we actually become all that God's want us to be, uh, wants us to be. By the way, that's why I'm so emphatic. There's a right way within the family because that seems to be the way from Genesis that mm-hmm. God orchestrated human growth and development. So it is important that we grow up. It is important. Like that's the one thing about John the Baptist. He grew up really, really important. So Jesus is going to grow up. And so there is this challenge to go, hey guys, time to grow up. In the middle of this, this is not where we cower. This is where we grow up, where we yeah. do the right thing is the right thing, not just because we feel like doing it, right? So we see that. And so we get the whole summary of Jesus's first 30, three decades of life, right? And one verse. And so it just tells us how he grew up. And it'd be real easy again to shrug it off, but it says he grew in wisdom and stature and then in favor with God and in favor with man. And so wisdom means he actually got smarter. Yeah, He did. Stature. He got more physically fit. Favor of God. He grew spiritually, right? Like he came closer to God and favor of men. He grew relationally. So we see these things and it's really important to go, this is kind of like a, um, the word integrity just comes from the word integer, which okay. means a uh, whole, a whole okay. number. Like a, an integer is a whole number. It's not two-thirds, a fraction, right? It's a whole number. So the idea of integrity means we're all, who we are there and there is the same because we're yeah, a whole right. person, right? And so we see how to grow in integrity, not just two-thirds of us, three-fourths of us, all four-fourths okay. part. And so we get this kind of description. And would sound like, well, maybe that's a stretch and we don't really understand it, except for when Luke tells us this, we already have some understanding of how they talk about in Deuteronomy of the way by which we were supposed to respond to God. You know it is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? right? And so when we get to Luke chapter 10, verse 27, when another guy is asking this question, a really bright attorney, he's going, basically what he's asking, if I can explain it to it, uh, my son's going on me. I'll answer it. Um, basically, about, sorry about that, guys. Uh, so basically what he's asking in this moment is how do I have God's presence forever? Hmm. What do we need to do to inherit eternal hmm. life? How yeah, do we right. get from this superficial world to the real world, right? All those kind of things. And Jesus goes, well, tell me what you know. And he goes, oh, I, here's what I know. I know you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right. Wait, that's weird. He basically talks about these four different categories. You go, wait, but Luke also told us about the four different categories that Jesus grew in. So all of a sudden we have, this is how Jesus grew, and these are all the ways that you can, you have to love God. So remember, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine what God has prepared for those who what? Love him. So now we understand we're supposed to love God, and now we understand based on this attorney's response, quoting Deuteronomy, that the way by which you love him is not just by going, I love him, you go, there's actually ways that you, there's parts of you to make you whole, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And then it says this, and this is why this is really, really important. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. So what I would argue wholeheartedly is we can't even love our neighbor as ourselves if we're not loving ourselves well in these areas in the way that we love God. Hmm. Right? So this is what I'd say over and over again. I think the way you love your neighbor now is a direct reflection on this. 
if you mm. like so we're all loving our people with all that we have it's just not very much right mm. now right and so that's why we have to go okay we probably should do an inventory and kind of figure out these different pieces so wisdom stature favor of god and favor of yeah. man and so like i actually have created an assessment i don't know how okay. to get it to people okay. i did it with our small group a few weeks ago so i don't know if, if there's a good way to do this i don't know if we should put it on yeah, maybe, I, yeah. I don't know. I have to think about this. Like, I'm not even sure how to get this in front of you. But basically, there is this. Show notes? Huh? Like, we put it we in, could the, put in the show notes. Yeah, so we could do that for sure. So I got to do that already. But literally, it allows you to kind of do this self-graded test. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so there's four different areas, and you can rate them 1 to 25. Okay. So obviously, you can add up. It's a percentage of 100. Right. But it literally is this. It says, uh, think about and pray to the following self-test. Uh, on a scale of, of 0 to 25, rate how well you do in each of these areas. So you can at least go. Oh, the reality is I scored a 70, hmm. which means you only are serving yeah. uh, and caring at 70% of what your, you know, your capacity. Like what yeah. it says at the bottom, at end of this is, as a reminder, this is how much energy you have to share with others. Hmm. With most married couples, the first 50 to 75% of your energy goes into work and children. If you score 50 to 75, if that were true for you, <laughs> yeah. would you have anything left for your spouse hmm. or anything left for God? Right? And so as we kind of grade this, we're really going to be able to define pretty well the oh, man, we might not be serving or loving God well because we haven't really done these things. And so it, it does give us a rubric to really imagine all those things. So emotionally, you can kind of uh, think about, okay, how do I interact with others and what are my relationships like, right? Yeah. Spiritually, it's like, how in the world am I connecting to God? And then uh, mentally, you're going, you know, I said it this past week. Most adults haven't read a book in five years. Yeah. There's just something about growing mentally and then physically. This is what's crazy. Uh, the way we take care of ourselves, not just because our body's a temple, right? But because we bring all of us everywhere we go. And so if we're not taking care of ourselves there, well, we can't actually love God well. No eyes seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine what God has prepared for those who what? Love him. So we need to go, well, how do we do a good job loving God? And it's not you have to memorize more scripture. Right? It's not even to fast more. Maybe it's a part of that, but that is just a part of what we see here. So when, when we see Luke tell us the way that Jesus grew, it should be a big flashing light going, this is how you grow too. Yeah, kind of a roadmap, right? I hear this. Yep, yep. Here are the things. Here are the things. you got to grow in wisdom and stature in favor of God and favor of man. So we got to figure out how we help you in yeah. this grow in your intellect, right? Grow in your physical uh, body, right? Grow in your... Um, in your relationships around you. So you got to love the Lord God with all your heart. That's the emotional connection to one another. Love the Lord God with all your mind. That's your little literal brain and how you grow in it. Love the yeah. Lord God with all your strength. That's your physical responsibility. And love your Lord God with all your soul. That is the spiritual peace. And so we have to at some point take responsibility for those four yeah. areas if we're going to actually really love God well. Now, here's the thing. This doesn't fix everything. Yeah. Jesus is the one who does all that work. But it does make sense that we at least pause and go, are we actually giving God our best in mm. all these areas? Because it's not just a spiritual thing. It's, you know, all truth belongs to God and every bit of it matters. And so yeah. if I had more time, I would have spent more time going, how do I help each of you assess these yeah. areas? And we got a little time to talk about it. But that that was kind of the, the premise. I think Luke uh, 2.52 is a primer for reminding us what God has said throughout the scriptures that this is how you love people. Yeah. So we did a series back at Harvest when okay. I was there years ago, and it was called Selflessishness. Selflessness. Selflessness. I think we've talked yeah, about yeah. this on so, this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selflessishness. So the, the definition was um, the art of getting what you really want by giving what you already have, mm. right? So there's this idea that being selfish 
could end up being selfless. Right? Like, yeah. So what I hope happens is we uh, – those words are complicated. I don't want you to be yeah. selfish anyway. But this idea that we can't take care of ourselves because we got to serve other people and all this kind of stuff. It's going, no, the way that you love your neighbor is you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, I feel like – just if I can share even yeah. like last week was was kind of a, a tough oh, yeah. week for me, feeling like, man, emotionally I'm drained. Not Just having a conversation with Josh, asking me some of these questions, how are you doing on self-care? Yeah. And what it did for me was it just kind of made me go – Hey, wait a minute. I do have the ability to, to care for myself. And in that, what would look like being selfish, man, I feel like it, it allowed me to kind of pull myself out yeah. of that. Maybe I shouldn't even say I pulled myself out of yeah. that. Like by taking the time to do self-care, to make sure that I'm going, hey, God, I want to I want to make yeah. sure that my focus is is on you and I'm doing this right and I'm loving myself. Yeah. It'll, it enabled me to be a better better resource parent to Tay and to, yeah. you know, to be able to be more present because it wasn't, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out. It's more of, no, 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 no. wait a minute. Like, okay, I, I want the margin. That's what I'm really struggling with. Yeah. So then I need to take and find the margin. So I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if that maybe connects with you, but I feel like as you're talking about it, it connects with me yeah. of where I'm going, Hey, I can give a real life example of last week of going, being s- selfish, if you yeah. will, was actually helpful because it enab- enabled me to be yeah. selfless. Yeah. So I, I'm catching what you're throwing. I think that's good. Hopefully you guys are as well. So yeah. So this is really feet to the ground, practical stuff. And yeah. I don't want that this to become our new religion, right? Like right. it's not that. Right. It's not like this is the silver bullet. It just does give us some areas, some quadrants of our life to actually think about and go, Am I taking care of myself physically? Yeah. Well, if I'm not at all, then I, the best I can, if I'm scoring zero out of 25 in that area, the best I can offer to my kids, my wife, my yeah. neighbor is 75% of myself. Right. Right. And so this isn't something that makes you feel shame. It's just something to go, hey, at least it can tell us where we are right. and how to do this. And I do think it's important. The reason I think it's important because why in the world would Luke want us to know why Jesus grew in these areas? Yeah. Because that's where the growth is supposed to happen, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. So it does make sense that we pause for a second and really consider that and go, okay, where am I yeah. in that? So just kind of a, a quick self-read of, okay, where am I? And then give you some really good talking points or starting points for what you do next. By the way, if you have kids, this is really a good thing to consider with them yeah. because God has stewarded our children to us to grow, right? And what I struggle with even in our education systems is we tend to just focus on one of these four areas or yeah, maybe right. two of these four areas. And it's going, man, we are not being holistic right. and integrated in our approach for kids. So, guys, I would really challenge you to really think about how is your child growing physically? Like, are they getting stronger? Are they exercising? Are they, you know, getting enough sunshine? Or how are they growing mentally? Like, are they being challenged at school right now, right? And they might be, that might be the area that they're doing all this stuff, but they're still exhausted because they're not getting much physical exercise. Or uh, it might be that they're not growing emotionally right now because of interactions with kiddos. By the way, um, we have some really great stuff going on here for your kids. We have Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, Tuesdays, there's a kindergarten through second. Thursdays, there's a third through fifth from four to five small groups right here on site for your children if they need some more relational mm-hmm. connection. They can, if you're a middle school or high schooler, we have student ministry right. on Wednesday nights. And for middle school and elementary school, we have lots of stuff going on, even on Sunday mornings during the service. Mm-hmm. And I know some of you have four-year-olds and kindergartners that haven't gotten to connect that. We hopefully will have that ready to go for you in October. Mm-hmm. So four-year-olds, kindergartners, 
kindergartner should be able to be added to Kid Zone in two weeks. And then as soon as we can add more volunteers, we will then expand the preschool nursery areas. Yeah. But anyway, so definitely worth thinking about some real good framework to go, hey, this is a place that we can actually do something tangible today yeah. with this and start taking ownership in the way that we love God. Because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine what God has in store for those who love him. The love him is a pretty important part of this. Yeah. So if I think we still got a few more minutes. So like, can you maybe give us some practicals of like, oh, okay. So we talked about emotionally, spiritually, like mentally, physically, like what do we need to, uh, I feel like I'm not even sure what question I need to ask, but how do we dive in? Okay. So we're listening. We're going, yes, I want to be selfish so that I can be selfless. Like that's kind of where I'm going. So where do I start? How do I begin that? Like, how do I assess if I don't have this in front of me or like, even if I don't need to assess, I can come up with my own assessment because I know I'm failing in these yeah. areas. Where do I begin with each of those? Yeah, this is what's really helpful because typically you hear from a pastor, well, just read your Bible more. Yeah. Well, honestly, you might be reading it too much. Yeah, right. Like, just pray some more. Well, you might be praying an awful lot, but you still feel so in despair because you don't have any relational connection. Like you yeah. even think about this in the scriptures. It says, um, confess your sins to God. And uh, he'll be faithful and just and forgive you for every sin. So confessing to God actually forgives you. But it actually says in James, confess your sins one to another that you might find healing. So there's still something about this relational component. The reason that God said, hey, it's not good for man to be alone is that literally he created relationships for horizontal and vertical that we really got to sort through. And so for you, maybe it's you're realizing that relational, you, relationally, you're just on empty, mm. right? You're leading your kids all day. Are your kids, are your family so separated? You're not seeing anyone. We have to figure out that piece. So, so for some of you, it might be just that that kind of light bulb going off and going, oh, I if I got to love the Lord God with all my heart, I got to deal with the emotions and the relationships yeah. in there. So you should be in a group, right? And if you're not in a group, please, 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 please let us help you yeah. with that. Let us help you with that. And if you have an idea of the way, the type of group you want, let us help you lead one, right? And you can, you can text us, you can fill out a form, all sorts of stuff. Because some of that is, maybe that's the next step. Yeah. Honestly, for many of you, maybe the next step is instead of sitting still when you pray, just go for a walk. Mm. Right, just go for a walk, and you know, I, I don't want to get too caught up on this. John Medina, really, really brilliant guy. He wrote a book called Brain Rules. I'd recommend it. It's not a Christian book. He is a Christian, um, but uh, kind of the thought is is that there are ways by which our brain connects better. And what they did is they took a bunch of children and they put them, um, some of them on treadmills, and set others in desks. Okay. And gave them material. And I don't remember the the, the exact metrics. I like gave them instruction, gave them some. Uh, you know, academic material. Yeah. The ones who are actually walking on a treadmill, like it was, it was crazy, like 10 times more retention of the information than the ones who just sat still. So there is something about this. So maybe it's just helping your children do this or grabbing your spouse and knocking out two things at the same time, going for a walk and having a conversation, Mm. right? Or going for a walk and praying while you're going for Mm. a walk. Pick that hobby back up. Go hit a tennis ball, right? I mean, like, go get an exercise bike. There's something in this that really is important. And it's not just so you can fit in your jeans. Like, that is yeah. that is a secondary or tertiary issue. Yeah. The issue is this is how you grow in that. So some of this is probably just trying to reactivate ourselves or just... Go read a book, yeah. just any book, any book. Just go learn something new. Go pick up, like, um, I don't know, learn photography, mm. something. The neat thing is all that becomes a form of worship if we do it for this reason. Mm. So we can't just go, the way that we grow is just we read more Bible, go to church more. No, no, right. no, that is a 
component. That's 25% of the, what we see here. Jesus yeah. grew in wisdom. So let's learn some new things. He grew in stature. Let's do some physical activity. He grew in favor of God, meaning he did spend time with God, and favor of man. Some of you, maybe the next right step is just reconciling whatever is really broken mm. with that friend. Just make the call. Tell them that you care more about them than being right. Mm. Or tell them that there's something they said that caused you pain. And work through that because there is this, we can see now that relational connections are really, really important. In fact, Jesus even tells us, hey, if you're about to make a sacrifice, yeah. if you're literally going to sacrifice, if you have an issue with your brother, just go resolve that issue. Because you can't even worship this way until you do that. Like literally, it's all throughout the scriptures. And so we got to go, hey, how about seeking some new reconciliation? Or if you don't have any friends, mm. let us know. Let us help you find some friends or show up here. Wear a mask. Just come in and show up and get engaged because all those things are really, really important. And as we're going to talk about all falls, we got to learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. And the only way we can do that is we actually love ourselves well. Yeah. So I would just say there's at least an opportunity to go for a walk today. Yeah. Like There's just a, at least an opportunity to pick up a phone call and call an old friend you haven't talked to in a while or, or go meet a neighbor and make a new friend today. Yeah. All that is actually part of the way that we grow and worship Jesus. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. Well, we are close to the hour mark. We're actually, we yep. just hit it. But um, is there anything else that was left on the cutting room floor? Anything else that you wanted to just add in closing? Ah, oh, man. I, I, I mean, uh, well, I'd love to talk more about that. i got to figure out this assessment. But I think ultimately uh, what this does is what, kind of the thing is that we get to we get to give God permission to be the one who does the work, right? But it does give us at least a next step in how we participate in that work. Yeah. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can imagine what God has in store for those who love him. So I just would say just make whatever that next step is. And here's the thing I would tell you. You're not going to get it right. And if you were to take an assessment, you're probably not going to do well. Yeah. You're going to make a 60 or 70. That's okay. That is that's at least the yeah, clarity of where you are. Truth is never the problem. And the really neat thing about this is all you need is two points to figure out a trajectory. Hmm. So let's take the assessment. Let's deal with where we are. And then let's actually do the work of just making one step in the right direction. Then get back and take the assessment next week. And at least you can see an arrow moving up and to the right. Hmm. And so there are some ways by which you can participate. So for people to go, I don't really know how to grow anymore. I don't know what to do. It's like, okay, now you have some steps. Now hmm. you just kind of have the courage to actually just... Uh, moving those things and yeah. I just want you to know you can do it we can help email mm. us email me josh at clcfamily.church email us at info at clcfamily yeah. ask a question at overtime at clcfamily.church yeah. or you can just text us 610-869-2140 yeah. uh, so that we can help you you're, you it's your work right is you doing the work but we can help you with it as a guy yeah. does some really neat things so please 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 uh, now's the time not to wait for a covid to fix itself not for other yeah. stuff to get back to normal now's the new time to go and engage in where you are right now and start growing because that's what jesus wants for you and that's the way you're going to love him better yeah. and love your neighbor as a result so yeah. Well, we really thank you. Hopefully you are challenged and encouraged by this. Uh, as Josh just said, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us, contact us. Contact? I said that weird. Contact us um, by any of the means that you can. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, as always, if you have questions about overtime, overtime at clcfamily.church. We'd love to be able to engage your questions as we're doing these weekly. Um, and yeah, I really hope that you're challenged and encouraged to grow in your faith. And um, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the time and uh, hope everybody has a great week. Hope to see you this weekend. See you guys. Be well and safe.